This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What's up, team? This is Rod. I just want to give you a heads up. If you got any small children or sensitive adults in the room, this podcast has some pretty extreme explicit language like and or and so if any of those words get under your skin a bit, you might want not to listen to this one. But if you don't mind words like or then tune in because you're going to laugh your ass off. Think about quitting. It's the combat of life hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off. And to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup, and let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their you lives. Fire me up, Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. <laughs> Scared me. Marcus! <laughs> Joke yourself! That was your hand with my hand! <laughs> Brother, I just gotta I'm I'm I wanna start this show out in remembrance of the gunny, bud. Uh we um, lost a true a true American, American hero and patriot. And, icon. A, and an icon, a Marine that embodied the Marine Corps, that embodied America, that I know you were friends with, man. And I just want to uh, tell all of our audience and our listeners, man, man, this show is dedicated to R. Lee Emery. Man, tell, tell mm. a story rest about that peace, last right? week. Yeah, rest in peace, sir. Uh, Melly came up and said that military makeover wanted me to step in and guest host for the gunny while he was uh, down because i i didn't really understand i didn't or i didn't ask him yeah ask i mean can anything kill the gunny you gotta you gotta <laughs> yeah, have right? permission to die yeah, right? right but i guess he had had some bypass surgery and um so he was down and recovering and i went down to florida we uh, remodeled this veteran's house so i got a chance to step into his uh into his crew and he did a good job, man. He's been with him, I think, for 14 seasons, and wow. they were they were awesome. I mean, he. Uh, mm. I kept thinking in the back of my head, I was like, "Gunny, put the work in. He's got him in check. You know, they work like a well-oiled machine. They do, huh? Yeah, it was I love a, that it show. Was an honor to be there. Yeah, just in his stead. 
he does things the way he does. Things. That was the cool part when we got there, is because everybody kind of anticipated me to. I guess you know the gunny does this and the gunny does that, and I was like, "Well, the gunny told me to come down here and stand in and work my butt off, so that's what I'm going to do, right?" Yeah, yeah. He has his awesome. style. I mean, he's the gunny. He does his thing. You know, you're about to see what happens on the other end of that, right? <laughs> so absolutely. I, and you worked him to the bone, didn't yeah, you? I did, right? <laughs> <laughs> Half days, twelve hours, bro. <laughs> I love it, dude. And uh, yeah, so I got back that next day, man. He passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, I didn't get a chance to see him because we were down there working and, and he was recovering. But we got it done, Gunny. We got that house finished up. And that old boy, he's happy, man. Him and his family. He, he was a good guy, too. He uh, uh, got hit by an IED, lost, lost his sight. and um, But he's got a remodeled home to go into and uh make his life and his family's life a whole hell of a lot easier man kicking into overdrive in the other direction right well and that's what i love about these great programs in particular the ones that gunny supported and you know after he passed i mean i mean this guy's an icon i there must have been i don't know every single instagram page that i follow was posting something about the gunny man mm-hmm. and some everybody had a picture with him everybody said the kindest words in the world my my favorite ones are the ones wizard where they said drop your favorite gunny quote on the bottom right and just they came <laughs> out of the woodwork dude That's and for sure. and and then there were people that were posting that uh the old movie that we was in where oh, yeah. you know Full Metal Jacket wasn't his first. No, yeah, no. yeah, he, he did that for a while. No, Apocalypse but, Now. Really? He he was Man, the he was a chopper pilot with the uh, air cab that dropped Martin Sheen. Oh, remember? that's right. Yeah, uh, obviously everybody remembers that scene. Right? <laughs> I, he's, in there, he's in there a few times. Yeah, by for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Uh, you gotta have theme so, music, man, right? You do, man. We went right? out with Charlie, don't surf. <laughs> I was smelling napalm in the morning. God, it's I the love theme, that. Yeah, the theme song. Yeah, every, every, Everybody yeah, needs a theme that, song, that right? That Valkyrie one was hardcore, though. Well, I, and so There's I just... People say those lines today from the gunning. They don't even know where they came from. They don't. That's how iconic he was, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I just think about in training, in every platoon you were in, every everywhere you... Uh, they always come out. They are, they, are, they are burned into the psyche of every single military person out there baked into the culture it totally is right and then also think about being a marine man if you're a marine i mean they're all warfighters right they you hear gunny like 24 7 i think i think he's your alarm (laughs) clock i think he's when you bust people he was kind of he was he wasn't that wasn't his role right no he was was an advisor and then he was on set he did it so well they pushed him into it Well, well they were i guess stanley kubrick the guy was doing it and he's like hey man that's not how it sounds and he's like well show us and he did the example next thing you know stanley kubrick's up oh, you're yeah, there oh four thirty. you made it gunny uh, right? he was a technical advisor and what he did was he shot like a, a sequence in order to kind of instruct the actors as an example of how they should act but then when things didn't work out and kubrick saw that he said why is this man not just the actor? The why are we not using him to play uh, the role and there you go. And there you have it, man. And then we had the world-famous Gunny. So, Gunny and all the people out there who loved you combined with us, 
Uh, may you rest in peace. May you, you're, you're standing tall at the pearly gates, protecting those gates for us and welcoming every, every brave soul and every good soul that comes through. Uh, you're our gunny for heaven now. So God bless you. Go uh, gunny's not resting in peace. He's resting and ready, right? Yeah, he is. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But I'm telling you. The Marine we got coming on today, Marcus, is going to blow you away. And that is a pun intended because he was blown up by an ID, lost his leg, almost lost his other leg, and now is out there setting the example for all of us to follow that a little bit of, you know, a one leg ain't going to keep this Marine down. And this guy is, has become, you know, a, a beacon of light for all veterans, for all people. And really, he got became huge by running the Boston Marathon, you know, a few years after, you know, the Boston explosion. And he's out there. And the thing was, he carried this incredible flag, right, the whole way dude now i'll tell you what i've ran one marathon in my life it was the great wall marathon in china right and that thing was crazy oh, cool? 15 oh it was awesome dude although the, the, the 1569 yeah. steps i could have done without those for sure but it was fun but and, and i and i know you love running too i, do. I was just thinking about wizard look that up when the next one is <laughs> really so he won't go yeah <laughs> <laughs> So we're on the other side of the planet. Huh. Oh. Occupied. Dude, I was hoping you'd do the Manchu Picchu Marathon with me, but it's supposed to be the hardest oh, marathon wow. out there. Yeah. That sounds brutal. I'll do that one. Yeah? It's hard. It's really hard. Oh. They're all, all suck. Will you well, carry if, a flag with you the whole way? it's steep enough, you can just fall down half the marathon. It, oh, it's can, steep. I'm good the at that. Yeah, down now like nobody else. <laughs> it's just I got down to it. Thirteen point one miles of it. I got a black belt in that, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Damn! I can't believe that just came out of your mouth, dude. That that right there is my favorite quote. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a black belt and falling down a mountain, Marcus Luttrell. (laughs) Yeah, there's that 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 proverb, you know, to to climb a mountain, everyone has to start at the bottom. It's kind of way of life if yeah. you will they don't ever say anything about falling, falling back down. <laughs> you can fall all the way back down <laughs> oh <laughs> sweet baby that damn mountain dude oh god that could be that's ah, funniest thing i've ever heard on this show Ugh. all right wizard could you please give us a, a little intro of mr jose sanchez yeah jose sanchez um See, 33, he's a San Antonio boy. He joins the USMC uh, 2003. Various positions, I mean, he was with the, the 312 Artillery, 38 Infantry, working out of Ramadi, um, 4th Recon as an instructor. And then 2011, he gets chalked to the first first Anglico. That's hey, man, Gitmo, Recon, 4th Recon, worked with them too. He's bad. I was in Ramadi with him. Yeah, really? Yeah, we have 338, he was there... No, that's not right. He was there in 06 I, with Chris, yeah, probably. Yeah, so I think right before you guys yeah, pushed we, in. Yeah, we ripped them out. Yeah, yeah. Where were that Marine? You guys work with the Army, though, mostly, right? We had a striker uh, battalion right, right outside the gate there. Yeah. Roll, roll through them. With the tanks, right? Yeah. And yep. then um, Bulldog had the tanks. He had to come get us a couple times. Ramadi Mile, baby. <laughs> 
But it just depends because the, there was a Marine uh, detachment on a float, Fort Fox, I think, and they sent them in because we had to do a block clearance down in the, one of the, I think it was a P sector. Uh, we were Overwatch while they pushed through. Most uh-huh. of the time, yeah, it was Army. Yeah. They own all the battle spaces. Yeah, they, they did. Conflict, and that was a lot of times we got we're getting our butts handed to us is because we were on over two deconfliction lines. Really? Yeah, so they, we had to call in for reinforcements. With them. They had to check in to go through the battle space. Wow. Yeah, we got a little hairy. That's the cool thing about Bulldog. He's an Aggie, tall, skinny guy. He yeah. fired more tank gun, main tank gun rounds, I think, than Pat or something like what? that. What? Yeah, he got, got religious with That might have been an overstatement, but they said he... <laughs> yeah, that's a hard thing that's to believe a lot right of, there. That's uh, a lot of tank rounds. <laughs> I mean... That's a lot of tank yeah. rounds. Bulldog, you're badass. He is a badass, though, man, because he, he would come and get us. No matter what. That's no matter what he said. He's like, he's like, I'll come get you, no matter what. So we would jump over, jump the wire over to him, like, bro, I'm in trouble. Come get me, man. He's like, oh, my word. <laughs> just roll out uh, and uh, the whole credence <laughs> to the whole running thing we got we got into a tick coming out of a house one time and we came back in set up shop and then called them in, called in a, a ride because we we're on this long street and i'm pretty sure they were setting up ieds the tank comes down does a 180 and takes off and we do when i say the ramadi mile we had to run behind it to get out of that block. We ran back to camp. Oh. <laughs> I think they did that on purpose. The look on my face. You know, everyone, all, all my other guys were like, oh, yeah. You're like, mother. I, I, eight months earlier, I was in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like I, it was, I was my understanding there'd be no running involved. I'm tired in this. of this foot patrol bullshit. <laughs> <Take>. <laughs> it was cold. That was um, cold. All right, uh, go ahead, wizard. So 2011, he finds himself, Helmand Province, Afghanistan. He's with the First Anglico, and uh, they're on a, a walking security patrol. He steps on an IED, major injuries to both of his legs, saves one, the left one ends up uh, being amputated. It takes him a while to recover from this, um, and we're probably, I'm sure, going to get into some detail on that. But eventually, he kind of pulls himself out of a dark place, and he extracts himself from this by... Pouring himself into fitness, and then like he's a beast, what he learned, man. What he learned from sharing that experience with others, inspiring others, and whatnot. 2015, he decides to run a marathon. You know, this is a major feat for you know obviously an amputee, obviously an amputee right? It almost killed me with both legs. Major feat for anybody, right? So he runs the Marine Corps Marathon 2015 through 2016. Does his first Boston Marathon. Throughout these, like you mentioned before, he's carrying this flag that was given to him is filled with inspirational quotes by his unit you know, words of encouragement and whatnot by his by his unit and that becomes his hallmark and also you know gains him a lot of attention i mean he and as well as he starts putting out a lot of videos relating to you know fitness and working out inspiring people that way masses over i think right now he's around fifty one thousand instagram followers for instance he's also a founder of a charity called rise above hardship r-a-h Rah. Along with his wife, um, a nonprofit created to help empower and assist our military veterans and families. He's a badass. So, and if you've he's ever, a major just, inspiration to oh a lot of people. Oh my God, out there. I love this guy. And he's a character too, man. He is full tilt, raw. This guy, I'm telling There's you. There's an honesty about him. People when he identify comes with on, what. No, that's an understatement. When, when he comes on, you watch, you listen, gents. He, this guy is, I mean, he speaks from the heart, man. 
So what do you say? Let's bring this Marine on in memory of the gunny and, and let's have a true Semper Fi show. Marcus? That's a new one. Oh, it's a total new one. That was a melodic seizure. That was not a melodic seizure. Just hear me out and let me get to the point. Stop it already. Listen, when I think about great human beings who deserve to have like a theme song as they come walking in, right? You you think about whether it's, you know, I mean the the I you know, there's like the reservoir dogs they come walking and there's there's old school themes from Quentin Tarantino or you think about Shaft coming in and you know those old time you know wench you know those old 76 theme music. Yeah, theme music. We all want to Darth, have theme Darth music. Vader. Dun, 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 whatever that one is. We all got jaw. Why do you keep going to Jaws? I a like this theme. Do, I like shark his vein. doesn't deserve theme music, though, does he? Absolutely. Was world's perfect predator. Okay, all right. Yeah. Shark, all right. I mean, but my every time you see a damn shark, doesn't that jingle come up in your head? Yeah. He has his own. I mean, that's how you know you're a badass dude. Uh, yeah. Is that if when you see the, whoever it is, <laughs> that the, the, his theme music is playing it's, in your head. It subconsciously <laughs> triggers your walkout music. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so you're making my point for me. So yeah. that is when I when I start thinking about this guy, this this marine, this badass, this this guy that we got on the show. That's the level of theme music in my head, not some other kind of you know song from the '60s or '70s or '90s or whatever or whatever it is. I think about this Wagner type, right? You know, Ride of the Valkyrie. I think it's some <laughs> bad awesome stuff that this this operatic you know intense music that has lightning coming out of it that's what i think about oh, yeah, when, there's, there's certain guy. songs that pop into my head too that i automatically think about the core and, and their battles right totally that's right, you know. and this is the song that's in my head so if you got so, a dude in the core that's a kind of moving himself above yeah where he's, that's good stuff you man. gotta raise the <laughs> bar on the th- you can't just be you know Halls of Montezuma, that's so played out, it's crazy. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast, Jose Sanchez. Brother, welcome to the show. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Love it. <laughs> wow. shit we need just come in come breaking through doors and shit and have that fucking I was gonna say hold on man I'm gonna drop down and do some push ups real fast dude <laughs> right oh, how's that does that work for you buddy yeah, that definitely works man jives up real good alright alright cool so Man, it is such a privilege to have you on the show with us, Jose. Thank you so much for taking time out of your insane schedule. And and I'm sure we're interrupting one of your 25 workouts a day for sure. <laughs> but we are Appreciate so... Appreciate me. Yeah, we really... I, I, I tell you, I, I work with the, the Boston Red Sox and... And, and man, when you first ran the Boston Marathon and back after the bombing and you carried that flag through the whole race, it was one of the proudest moments that, that I can remember, not only 
being of the armed forces, but just the re- what you represented as an amputee running that marathon that year. It's just, it's just unbelievable, brother. I just, it's such a privilege having you on. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks. Likewise. Thank you for, for having me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not my story to hold, but my story to share with others. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, before we get into why you're actually on here, we got to get warmed up. And I know you know about getting warmed up. I know that because you have to. And in order to keep yeah. our our athletic prowess, or I should say your athletic prowess, the Wizards probably around similar with you. But but in order for we have to do what, Marcus, we got to get got to get limbered up. Brain matter going. We gotta get that. We gotta get the gray matter firing, right? That, that yeah, prefrontal cortex. So what we do is we do something called the Mad Minute. Now these questions are gonna be the most complicated questions ever fired at you. Are you ready for the Mad Minute, Jose? All right, let's go. Let's do it. All right, Marcus, fire away. All right, favorite movie character you'd like to play out in real life? Uh, Bane. <laughs> that was on the tip of the tongue right there oh literally yeah. fired that off that's a good one that's a great one no one's gone no, that, have, that no, way no one's gone bane that was awesome <laughs> wizard i've seen some of those instagram okay. photos with the, with the face mask it lo- he yeah. looks like bane doesn't yeah, he right? but he's going hard like in that, that direction that's awesome yeah. all right wizard go. all right we're on the topic you're a crossfit fitness kind of guy so you have a favorite workout or particular exercise or give us like your most hated exercise ever. Called wads. <laughs> I remember that. Thank you, Marcus. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would say my favorite exercise would be deadlifting. Fuck yeah. You know, oh, deadlifting. Your strength. Um, yeah. That's that's my bread and butter right there, man. And which which is pretty remarkable too, since considering you only got one yeah. leg. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I know, that's one thing I was thinking about, man. This guy out does—I mean, does me and hands down. I've, I've been r- racking my brain since even when I was young, right? And he right. does things better and faster than I did with two of my legs, <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing in itself. That there are people out there that are just so exceptional that when we're in there, like, yeah, that dude. I, don't, I mean, you, Bane. And, I was just thinking about it. Part Terminator, part Bane. There, that's, that's, that's him. That's, that's him. That's Jose for sure. <laughs> I love it. All right. Here you go. If you could go back in time and participate in any Marine Corps battle in any time during history, what battle would you want to be a part of? You already know that one, the fucking Battle of Iwo Jima. Yeah! Thank you. <laughs> I Hell love yeah. it. How about that? I love it, yeah, man. Fuck yeah. Marcus. All right, this is an homage to the gunny. What was his best role? Nice, good question. Uh, uh, fucking Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> this right. is my rifle. There are many like it, but this one is mine. <laughs> What's your yeah. favorite line, yeah, that's, man? That's Do you have a, a favorite line? No, nah, that dude is just just all crazy all in the movie, man. It's just <laughs> one of those things that that gunny mentality. There. Yeah. Did you have any gunnies that were like that? Uh, yeah, I had a couple of a uh, few of them, like some gung ho fucking gunnies, you know, always in my ass and shit, chewing me, <laughs> chewing me out and shit like that, man, gung ho. But but yeah, I, I, I entered, I encountered a couple of them. <laughs> I bet, I bet. All right, wizard, go for it. All right, we asked Kirsten this question: If you could give your prosthetic leg an upgrade with one of the following, which would you choose? Number one. Double as a squat automatic weapon. Number two, a chainsaw. Number three, a leaf blower. Number four, a rocket-assisted pogo stick. Or number five, a gecko foot. 
<laughs> motherfucking automatic rifle, man. <laughs> it wasn't even a question. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, man. All day, every day. What did Christy pay? Yeah, I think she took the uh, bonus yeah, you, could, you could strap a... Uh, Grenade launcher on the bottom of it. We oh. can pick him up on our shoulders and blast that some bitch out of there. Totally. there you go. <laughs> what did Kirstie put? She, she went with a rocket assisted pogo stick. She did, but she was yeah. a door gunner, though. Jose, Jose wants to smoke people. I love it. All right. Here you go. If you could be president for one day and do something that goes into law that changes something and it happens immediately and sticks, what would be that decision and what would you get done? Um, I think it would be fucking like everything we could to fucking support our veterans, man. Just just something just to be like, look, motherfucking veterans are a priority. You know what I mean? That priority on veterans to acknowledge them like th- the reason and the why we are here today is because of fucking veterans past, present and motherfucking future. So <laughs> I would I would make that a fucking statement. Awesome. There you awesome. Go. Nice. I love it. I love it. Absolutely awesome. All right, Marcus. All right, your favorite dive bar. <laughs> dive bar, shit. Okinawa, Japan. Um, we had a couple of them over there. Shit. Oh, yeah. uh, You're going on, on that side of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I spent so much time in that dive bar, I don't even remember the name of that motherfucker. Dive bar. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. <laughs> dive bar. Dive bar. <laughs> Okinawa, Japan. I love it. I love it. That whole place was a dive bar, man. Right. Yeah, it is. All right, wizard. All right, give us one person you admire for their physical ability, and one person you admire for their mental ability. Um, you, I'm gonna have to say my mom, man. You know, growing up, I saw her grinding um, uh, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. So I, I got all my hmm. my first hand knowledge from her. Just seeing her grind and and push her on her adversities um, subconsciously. In retrospect, like I think that instilled my work ethic as as a as a young kid, uh, not knowing the fact that it, it, it impacted me. But late, learning later on, like where the fuck do I get this drive or or this work ethic? It's just looking at her throughout my years growing up. Amen. Here's yeah. to yeah, mom. I, I come That's from awesome. a matriarchal yeah. family too. That's awesome. That's all. All right, Marcus. Why don't you fire last question at him, and then we'll get going here. And I think you might have already answered this one when we played out with Bane. But your favorite superhero? My favorite superhero? Shit. I'll probably be Batman, man. You know what I mean? Clever motherfucker. Um, but <laughs> he is, right? You know? Human too, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah human and shit like that. But the thing with him that resonates with me very well is 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 that pain that drove him to do what oh. he did and what he does. You know what I mean? It's kind of similar to what I have experienced and why do I do what I've done. You oh, know what wow. I mean? It's that fucking pain. You know what I mean? That yeah. That's fucking driven me um, today. Wow. So it right. resonates. Every time we refer to you from now, it's going to be the Batman. Yeah, right? Well, I love that, you know, and this is the perfect segue into getting into the truth of our show and what we're here for, Jose, is is about that pain, right? And we talk about that pain constantly on the show. David Goggins, he talked about growing up with parents that were both addicted addicts and we 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 talk about other people we've had on that had their struggles in life and where they came from and 
And it's that perpetual pain in our lives that if utilized properly can turn into these great moment motivators, these great ignition points for us to embrace that fear, to embrace that pain and to turn us into something we've always dreamed of. So that's why our listeners come to hear those stories. So Jose, if you could, my man, would you please share your greatest never quit story or stories with our listeners? All right. So I'm, I'm sure you get a couple of these are quite often the never quit stories, but I'm going to tell you a, a different side of my own story that I think subconsciously had affected me at that moment and have propelled me to where I'm at today. So we'll flash back uh, 2011 in October, about four weeks from coming back home. I'm working with the British and the ANA out in Afghanistan, Helmand province. Um, we're going to conduct a routine patrol that day. Motherfucking ANA didn't want to go out because they were scared because they knew that, you know, the guys were out there fucking already laced with IEDs and, and, a, and, a, and a getting ready for attack. So they're, they're fucking scared shitless. But as, as fucking Marines and Americans and shit like that, and with the Brits, we were just like, look, this is what the fuck we do all day, every day. We got to lead by example and go out there and still show presence. And we exactly. did that. We went out there, and they stayed behind. Um, we were already getting chatter over the, over the radio that, hey, Americans are coming. Get ready. So we were already fucking on high alert, you know, head on swivel, fucking uh, mm -hmm. people's fucking ready on that motherfucker. And, uh, you know, first squad pushed out. Clearing um, an area compound, um, they pushed over to the compound. M my squad held fast as rear security. Um, they they progressed forward. They got there. Then we we're gonna link up. Um, I'm going. We the wave goes in. We're going. You know what I mean? Looking left and right. As soon as I looked at my uh, my captain's eyes, that's when I heard, I felt like a fucking bang, man. Like somebody like a, a linebacker just came out of nowhere and, and fucking blindsided me. Wow. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what was happening happening um i just heard fucking ringing in my ears smoke all over the fucking place i knew something was happening i knew we were under attack but i i wasn't sure what, what was going on i was dazed and confused um you know the the death settled you know from from iraq and and everything our rules of engagement we're like hey fucking small arms fire getting ready for for a re-attack uh daisy chain ieds a follow-up attack sniper fire so I, I i had picked up my m4 assisting the situation and uh, uh finding positive identification all that fucking that that jazz yeah mm -hmm. and then the fucking the smoke settles and i'm there fucking not understanding what's going on but i knew we we're under attack and I'm looking left and looking right. I see fucking nobody. I didn't see none of the Marines. I, was with. I didn't see none of the British. I was like, what the fuck's going on? Where's everyone at? And I'm just right. waiting for a reattack. And mm. I was like, what the fuck's happening? And then I look down and I see my, my, my legs covered in blood. And at that point, I was just like, fuck. I stepped on a fucking IED or an IED went off on me. And I was wow. just like, motherfucker. And at that point in time, I just felt like, like a fucking failure. You know what I mean? I felt like, fuck. Wow. And I ain't seen anybody. I, I didn't see nothing. Nothing was happening. And then I was fucking like very fucking disappointed, man. And hey, I, I just felt like, a, like, like, a, uh, you know what? Just to, to, to fucking be blunt about it, like a fucking loser, dude. You know what I mean? Like, fuck. Mm. I fucked up. But there was that one point in time 
where I was just like, fuck this. This is when I started feeling the fucking pain come through. You know what I mean? I started, my body started burning up. I was uncomfortable. I was just like fucking two weeks from coming home. I was just like, fuck this. This was, we're out here doing this shit. I was really fed up with this, with this, with with everything was happening. I felt like a failure. I I was fed up with this fucking deployment. I was just like, fuck this. This was the second word from Iraq. You know what I mean? Coming on here. I was like, this is bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. And then in my head, dude, I just wanted to end. I just wanted to, for it, everything to fucking stop. You know what I mean? Um, mm. I didn't want to go on anymore. You know, in the, that the, moment, the, right there, yes. you were like, I wish it would be over right now. Yes, sir. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, you know, the PPE, like, hey, don't take your cavalry, don't take your flak jacket off because of reattack and yeah. a sniper fire, potential threat. Hey, Roger, I know that. I was just like, fuck this. You know what I mean? I, I just want to die in peace. I don't want to fucking, you know, I was just thinking about myself and, and ending the pain. I just wanted it to cease. Well, hey, so I'm sorry. Consciously, you, uh, what, did you, what did you step on? Do you know what it was? Yeah, shit. Like, it, it, it was, uh, uh, I, I'm not sure what it was. I, I, didn't, I didn't get the report back. Uh, probably a, a, pr- a pressure plate because yeah. we had uh, ECM. We had all, all these countermeasures there, oh, man. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> shit, I don't fucking know, man. But it, 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 it fucking got my number, though. Wow. And so... I was there, and I know I knew the potential threats and the potential uh, outcome if I would have taken my cavalry and my flat jacket off. And and I made a conscious decision to fucking take it off because I wanted it to end. Uh-huh. And I, I I took off my cavalry and I took off my flat jacket and I waited. I waited for fucking just to die in peace, man. I waited for death to come. Wow. And and what seemed as eternity that that fucking death never came, dude. It didn't. I was just like, fuck. Yeah, it did. It didn't fucking come. You know, I, I, I quit. I gave up. I just wanted to die in peace. I was prepared for it, but it never came. Did you at and, any point, I don't mean to jump in, Jose, because you, it, what I'm hearing is all those, those triage lines of everything just popped in your brain. Was one of them the application of a tourniquet? Did you know that you had lost the limb? Did you know? And in that moment, you were conscientious and say, I'm not putting tourniquets on right now? Um, no, you know, right after I got, I got hit, you know, I was searching, assisting the situation and searching for follow-up. I was looking for positive identification. You know, right when I got hit, I, I you know, I, I picked up my M4 and I was searching, searching, searching. And I was looking and looking, you know, and I didn't see anything. And then that's when it started changing over. I didn't see anybody. I didn't see anyone where everybody fucking went. Um, and then after that, that's when all this shit started playing in my head. Okay. Like, oh, fuck. I looked down on my legs. I, I was I was fucked up. I was, I was full of blood. I know I stepped on IED. Um, I know I, I was able to move one leg. The other one I couldn't move. Um, and then that's when all this shit started flooding my head. In okay. my mind. So at that point, yeah, I took out my Kevlar, took out my flak, and I was waiting, waiting for, for death to come, and it fucking never did. And I, I, I kind of knew that it was going to happen, you know what I mean? Like, fuck. So what the fuck do I got to do now? That's when I reached over to get my turning kit. I was like, well, fuck, I might as well put a turn kit on. I mean, just do some shit. You know what I mean? So that's when all got bored here. I'm going to kill it. Do something. Yeah. I got yeah, to do some shit. You know what I mean? Fuck, I guess this motherfucker ain't coming. You know what I mean? So I, I started grabbing my turning kit, opening it up. And then out of nowhere, we have two Brits coming up. And once, hey, mate, you're all right. You're all right. They're like fucking spazzing out. Like, oh, shit. They were all fucking freaking out. Uh, one popped me with some morphine 
and then we're gonna we're gonna medevac you out, mate, and, and we're gonna get you out of safety. One of the guys fucking picked me up from my arms. The other guy picked me up by my legs. As soon as they they picked me up, I just saw my leg detached from my body. I was oh. like, fucking shit. And I was mm. just like, dude, just fucking put me down. Go ahead, put me down and put me on the litter. So I I I you know ordered them to hey go give me a litter. Uh, the stretcher to fucking put me on there and extract me that way. Um, the dudes were just fucking fumbling around and I kind of felt bad for them. I guess at that point I was just like, fuck it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to die. We're here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I might as well just this chill. Metavacuum <laughs> properly. Yeah. Right. Get, get comfortable. This, this, grab that. Yeah. Give me this shit, blah, blah, blah. And let's go. So they brought the litter, the stretcher. They fucking put me on there and they were going to haul ass already. I was like, no man, give me my fucking leg. You know what I mean? <laughs> motherfucker. That, Jesus. That was, yeah, that was my leg for like 20 fucking something years, man. I was not going to leave I want it. that I thing. I don't leave that here. Yeah. He'd probably be upset if I left him behind. You want to grab him? <laughs> no, give me my leg, man. So the, the bread, he picked up the leg and he gave it to me. And I, have, I was holding my leg and I just put it next to me. I mean, I was like, fuck, maybe they could reattach it. I mean, I don't fucking know. You know what I mean? But right. I'll take this yeah. motherfucker with me. And we're going, man. And the train was all fucking crazy. We we fucking we all fell down, and then my fucking leg rolled over, and it was just going down the fucking hill. I was like, "Fuck, man, what the fuck?" Oh but my the dudes God. were so 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 uh, crazy that they were just like, "Hey, got me out," and fucking took me. I was like, "What the fuck, my leg, man? Take care of my shit." You know what I mean? <laughs> and they they, they they extracted me, but. But yeah, they, they got me to wherever I need, but my leg stayed over there. So I, I've always wondered what the fuck happened to my leg. It's probably in some some fucking Afghan's fucking dining table or some shit, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. We hang up deers on our wall, man. They got a fucking leg. US Marine leg or some shit. Marine leg on the wall. Damn right. <laughs> Still got the bootlace stuff and, 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 and his camis uh, yeah, the, the, tucked the, in. Yeah. Oh, the digitals. The right. digital camera. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that that motherfucker had the dog tag in it. I was like, good. You know what? That's why we fucking have dog tags on our boots, man. So for that case, right? Just right there. Like oh that shit. My God. Hey, hey, if we ever do yeah. make it back in that area and we're going around, be like, Hey, that's my shit. <laughs> hey, I know whose leg that is, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Where's the deal? You know, our, probably, you know, we're going to have to go back in there and fight one oh, day, right? Totally. Or if we don't ever stop. Yeah. So your son or your great grandson could theoretically go back in there and find it. It gets the lamp, yeah, the get, leg lamp. Get it back. Oh, God bless. Yeah. All right. All right. That This is incredible. So the, the Brits, they, they structured the medevac. Where, where were your guys in all this? Well, we're, we're uh, yeah. How many people got hit, man? We're we're uh, JTAC. So we were we were with the a FIC, the Ford uh, um, uh, fucking uh, fire team. Okay. So it was just a JTAC and myself, and uh, you know we're attached to the Brits. So it was just me and another Marine. Oh, so you're the, the, a foreign the observer main, for them. I'm sorry, mm, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right on. Uh, radio operator yeah, with cool. them with First Anglico. That's awesome. Okay. All right, so you got back. Did they take you back to Lashkar Ga right there, and where the in the little, or where did they fly? They fly directly to Bagram. Where I was, uh, we went back to Bastion. That's okay, where we worked out. Yep. Yeah, Bastion and there, and then uh, you know, um, I think we we they were trying to um, get me under and shit like that. But I guess me, I, I kept on fighting it, and they, they said I fucking took most of their fucking morphine and shit like that too. <laughs> to sedate me, shit like that, keep me down. But I kept—I guess I kept on fucking waking up. 
Um, I think I remember I was in the in, in the bed and I woke up and I had this fucking piece of pipe in me. I guess to help me breathe. I was just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? But yeah, it, it, it was there. Then after that, yeah, I was just like, dude, what the fuck's happening? I, you know, I couldn't sleep, man. I couldn't sleep after that. Like, no matter what they did, like, I, I couldn't fall asleep. Or I couldn't, they couldn't put me under, man. I was just awake and, and vigilant. I was just like, what the fuck? You know, I was in pain. I was just distressed. And, and finally from there, they, they took me over to Germany, from Germany back to here, actually home, San Antonio, Texas. So in, in this process, Jose, when, when did, when did the, heart starts settling in like okay wow my life is changed now and when did that sense of that spirit that you learned from your mom and if you could maybe share a little bit about your mom and how she taught you and when that started to take root in this process because i've watched a bunch of your videos that you've got some wonderful videos that are available on youtube that talk a little bit more you know about the story about when did all that start happening? Well, okay, so I fucking, you, you know, like I never quit story. That fucking was, I fucking quit. So that internally was haunting me subconsciously somewhere. I went home. I, w I was back at the hospital. You know, I, w I was, you know, I was okay. I, was, I just wanted, the first thing I said when I was in the bed was like, I want to fucking hit up the gym. You know, I can't wait to get out to the gym and start fucking beasting this motherfucker and do it. And that's just because it was an everyday routine. You know what I mean? That was our fucking life. That was that was our fucking uh, profession is to be professionally fit and professionally fuck some shit up. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I was just like, hey, mm -hmm. I'm going to still do the same shit. You know what I mean, I got to go hit up the gym, blah, blah, blah. So I was just like ready to hit, hit it up. You know, I, I hit the ground running. You know, I was in the wheelchair. Um, they finally fucking uh, controlled, you know, the pain and uh, I was ready to go. But it didn't dawn on me. I think I, w I was okay because they're pumping up, pumping me full of fucking morphine and, and, and drugs and, and fucking like uh, shit for your, for your emotions and shit like that. Right. You know what I mean? Selexa and, and um, uh, shit for depression. So I was just fucked up, all right? Like mm. with a whole bunch of shit. So maybe that's why I was just fucking happy or some shit. I don't fucking know. But it didn't hit me until I fucking went home. So I was a knucklehead growing up, you know, in and out of trouble, even fucking creating the trouble, running in and out those fucking front, that front door of my home um, mm -hmm. late at night and early in the morning going out to a fucking party, going out to this shit, that shit. But when I went back home, I had to walk through those doors, not fucking walking, but in the fucking wheelchair. And that's when it fucking snapped. That's when it, that fucking trigger just flickered on, man. Right. And I realized like, oh shit, I'm fucked up, dude. I'm not the same motherfucker that I used to be. Like I'm, I'm coming back home in the damn fucking wheelchair. Like my family has to reorganize a bunch of shit so they could accommodate me. I feel like a fucking burden. Like I don't, I can't fucking walk. You know what I mean? And and I'm missing a leg. So that's when it started dawn on me. Like fuck, I'm fucked up, man. Wow. And at that, and at that point in time, you know how your moms, you they make fucking food, they make the spread, and we're like, fuck yeah, we just go eat, blah blah blah. Yeah. But I I I I I, I sensed and I, I felt like slowly but surely there was this fucking cloud coming over my head. Oh wow. And I felt like I was slowly being withdrawn from reality, slowly but surely just. Closing off, closing off. Mm. And I didn't want to talk to anyone. I, I, st I, I literally was shutting down. Shutting down and I didn't want to eat. And I was just quiet that whole evening. And they were like, hey, man, what's going on? You all right? I was like, I, I don't know what's going on. And then I went home. I went back to the Fisher house. That's where we were staying. And from that mentality of, 
oh, I want to go out to the gym. I want to fucking beast it. Now, after going home, realizing that I'm fucked up and I'm different, things were changing for me. Wow. I, I didn't understand what was happening. Um, at that, that point, I was just like, I didn't want to work out. I wasn't hungry. Um, I felt distant. And, and those were the emotions. And these emotions, these foreign emotions were just fucking invading my mind. And I, I was not sure what the fuck was happening to me. I've, I've never experienced this. And I was just like, dude, what the fuck is happening to me? And I got deeper and deeper into this fucking hole. Pression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did, did you at any point as, and this, from what it sounds like, it had happened rapidly too. As soon as you got home, is this all of a sudden now you're the, in, in the, uh, the, the abyss, so to speak, where, you know, like what, and that from all the guys that, and I work a lot with veterans, charities and vets, we all do it. And, and, you know, it's like, and I know I experienced a little bit myself too, that place where it's like, man, I don't know who I am right now, but the stigmatism of not wanting to ask for help was so overwhelming that I just stayed in the hole myself for a long period. Is that what you were experiencing too, that you didn't want to ask for help? You didn't want to expose it? Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, that's exactly right. I didn't understand what was happening to my mind. I've never felt any, any type of feelings like that ever throughout my fucking career growing up like no fuck no I've, I've always been an energetic motherfucker like liking the fuck shit up physical like motivating motherfuckers and then now i was just like dude what the fuck am i thinking what are these foreign thoughts going through my head i had no idea what the fuck was happening you know i at one point i asked somebody like hey you know i guess i was wheelchairing my way to physical therapy or some shit and i asked somebody like hey i'm not feeling right like something's up with me i I don't want to eat. I don't want to fucking do this. I feel distant, blah, blah. I was, I was just explaining like, this is what's happening. And that person told me you're experiencing depression, yeah. anger, and a whole fucking bucket list of shit. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, that's fucking crazy. I've never experienced that shit. And I think hearing that fucked me up even more. Yeah, so I, I was just like, oh shit. I think mm -hmm. I shut down even more. I was like, oh fuck. I didn't know how to fucking handle it. So I just, I, the only thing I knew how to do, like going out of war, being in Iraq, being in Afghanistan, what do you do with those fucking fears, those feelings? You just suppress them. You know what I mean? That's I think that's what I did. I just like, fuck that. I heard that and I just suppressed it. I didn't know what to do. I just buried that motherfucker deep down and I just suppressed that shit. You know what I mean? Right. Like real quick. Yeah. All right. At at what point then in Where did this? Where start turning? Yeah. Yeah. How far did he go with it? How did was it months? Was it years? And then at what point, what was the turn? What was the flip that all of a sudden like pulled you out of the hole? So this was, this is going on like, okay, we're, we're like two weeks when I was like, fuck yeah, I want to beast it to that third week, like going home and like, oh shit, something's going on. And then two weeks into that shit, um, it, I guess it started affecting the people around me. I guess me being closed off and into in that darkness yep. affected the people around me. And I just started doing shit that wasn't normal. But for me, it was, I was just being normal. You know what I mean? Yep. And my actions pushed my family away at that point in time. And, you know, I was going through surgery still to save my right leg because my right leg was fucked up. It was a limb salvage leg. So I was in and out of surgeries. So my actions pushed my family away. And in doing so, I was still going in fucking operations and nobody was there for me. And I was like, fuck, 
You know what I mean? I pushed people away and I fucking started blaming others. I was just like, fuck you. I don't need you. You know yeah. what I mean? In my head. And then I started getting fucking angry. You know what I mean? I started getting pissed off at other people and not looking at myself. Like mm. I was the problem. I was like, you're fucked up. Fuck you. You fucking left me here in the Fisher house and I'm, I'm in this fucking wheelchair. I can't even fucking get up and, and get food or wash my mm. fucking clothes, get into bed, get out of bed. And I'm fucking willing my ass to fucking surgery, like, like two, three times and shit like that. And, and, and I'm here to defend for myself. So I got fucking pissed off, dude. I was like, fuck you, wow. fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And I used that anger and I, and I was so pissed off. I was like, Fuck that motherfucker. Like, I'm not going to depend on no motherfucking body. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be vulnerable. I'm not going to be in this fucking state ever again. So I was pissed the fuck off, man. I was so fucking pissed off and angry. I was like, fuck this. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to work hard. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I could do to get off this fucking wheelchair and prove you fucking wrong and be like, fuck you. I don't need your fucking help or support. And that was like within mm. like two months of where I was at. And I fucking hit the ground running with that shit, with that fucking drive. It's really interesting, and I don't mean to cut you off because I'm, I hear a lot of that with guys like us or guys within the combative sports arena or athletes that hit a point where they do feel isolated and alone that they'll flip it around and, and that chip on their shoulder by not being able to be self-aware of, of that isolation that we're portraying. But then they get that chip and it's like, man, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. And that becomes the driver. And, and it's a very common tool people use to get going. How long did you go with that before all of a sudden you're like, hey, man, I need my family in my life. I need to reevaluate my attitude. I need to say, I no longer say, you know, I, get out of here. I don't want you, but hey, I need you. Come in my life. Yeah, yeah, uh, good fucking point, man. I, I smile because you fucking you you you've been there. You've heard the stories, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, man, I, I I resonate with that shit, man. But so m my anger drove me. You know, I was like that for the first year. I, I was just driven by anger. Oh I, I kept on pushing. Yes, sir. Wow. Uh, I kept on pushing, 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 and uh, harder each day. Um, trying to get one inch, trying to stand up more than 30 seconds, trying to walk more than two feet. So every day was an inch. Every day was a second. And the more I pushed, the more I would fuck my leg up. I would go in and out of surgeries. At the end of this time, I was going, I had like six fucking surgeries in that, in, in this fucking, the first three months. Is that of, on of your, recovery. is that on your, the leg you kept or is that on the leg that was That's amputated? That's the leg I kept. Okay. Because I was just like driven by that, this fucking anger and this pain. I was just like, fuck that. I, I, and I, I didn't care. You know what I mean? I just wanted to move, 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 get stronger and, and get healthier and just get out of that fucking wheelchair. And this went on 2012, all of 2012, all of 2013, and then all of 2014. Wow. I was just motivated by fucking pain yeah i i shut down all my social media i was just like fuck everyone fuck this hmm. i just lived day in and day out in this fucking gym man that, that was just my fucking drive was, what was, was that? are you married at this point yeah good question no I, I i was married and i was going through the divorce so when i got injured i was married with my daughter she was two i pushed them away through my actions and they left me my daughter and my wife they 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 left me there at the fish house um, and it was my oh, fault, wow. man. It wasn't their fault. But at that point in time, mm. I was like, it's, it's you. Fuck you. You let yeah. me here. 
You know what I mean? And I was pissed off. And I'm going through the divorce. Um, I'm going through this pain and ang- 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 angry fucking point in time of my life. You know, you know, the divorce, even in itself, is just like, fuck, we're always fighting. Like, we're always arguing about some shit. And I- I'm getting even more fucking angry and pissed the fuck off. And mm. I'm going in and out of surgeries. I'm trying to rehabilitate my own self, trying to figure out what the fuck's going on in my mind. So it's a fucking mess, dude, in my, my mind and everywhere. I was just like, fuck, man, this is some bullshit, you know? Um, I-, I-, I was just... Right. It was, I was getting fucked up at every which angle, man. You know what I mean? Can um, can I ask you? A, can I? I don't mean to interrupt, but I, this yeah. this the I think the the you talking about anger is a critical thing because I know all my buddies out there that are struggling. I know when I was struggling the most, anger is the way we're preconditioned to, uh, you know, to to go towards these issues <clears throat> can you can you describe the anger was a little bit for our listeners because so many people get angry they and and it is overwhelming to them can you talk about that anger and w- did it ever like was it just you woke up you were angry all through the day you were angry at night you were angry was there ever a time when it subsided when did you feel good when did the anger go away just talk a little so, bit about it yeah so this anger, I, I felt it when I woke up. You know what I mean? I it, it never went away. I, I it grew each day. I was I woke up. I was pissed off. I was fucking mad. I was just ticked off. A little shit. I was I was angry. It was up to a point where I felt this anger. It was just like a fucking ball of blackness within me. Oh. And I felt it. You know what I mean? Like I literally felt it. And every time mm. I was just, it would just grow each day. And I would just suppress it. And I actually kind of fucking nurtured it, man. Wow. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and I felt it. And there was days like I even I even fucking told, like I said a prayer, like, hey, hey, fucking God, just help me get through this day. You know what I mean? Because it was just so fucked up. Like I was just, give me, help me get through this day and let, let me survive another day. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, but this this anger was just just, just like like being pissed off at the world, being blaming everybody for your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, um, being, being like aware of, of maybe of people like, Oh, looking down on me, pitying me, feeling sorry for me. Um, I, I was just like, everyone was a fucking enemy to me. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, Oh, I don't want to want them to look at me or, or, or feel sorry for me. You know, I, even with my injuries, my, with my prosthetic and my limb salvage, I, I was even ashamed and embarrassed of my legs. You know, I, I covered up, I didn't know. I wouldn't. I didn't want nobody to see see my scars. You know what I mean. I, wow. I didn't want nobody to know that I was injured physically or injured mentally, and and it it's just this this darkness, this blackness that you you just feel in, inside your your fucking body, man. That that just it's just there. I I have no idea how to explain it, but it's this fucking darkness that just just black matter i don't fucking know dude that you, you feel it in, yeah. in your fucking heart and in your thing and it was it was it was to a point where that motherfucker started spewing out i remember when i was driving um and you know just going from the gym or leaving from the gym i don't fucking know and some dude just fucking honked at me or some shit for just to move out the way or do some shit and right. I, I got fucking pissed i sat slammed on the brakes i got the fuck out and I, I, I confronted the car. I guess the dude was still in this fucking car and, and driving. I, I was beating on this fucking door, wanting to fucking fight. I wanted to create fucking havoc. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted fucking just unleash that fucking anger. 
and that's when I was like, fuck, dude, this shit, I can't control it anymore. It's wow. motherfuckers taking over me now. And that's when I realized like, shit, like this motherfucker is, is, is getting, it's, it's overgrowing me, you know? So what Leaving did you, you do? Alive. Yeah. yeah. So, so in this, there's a transition coming here where you use this in a different way. Is, is this where this begins or when was that? Well, the, you know, when I, I knew that this, this anger was, was there, I knew it was like, oh shit, this was happening. But through some way, somehow I caught wind of, of something happening. Um, like, uh, I guess messaging someone or, or through a, through an email that one of my Marines that I served with in, uh, in Afghanistan wanted to commit suicide. Oh, wow. Um, she was going, going down in a downward spiral and, uh, he fucking uh, was was wasn't doing good, and I was like, "How the fuck is this motherfucker going in that route? Like, why is he contemplating suicide and all this shit? Like, that motherfucker has all his limbs. What the fuck's his problem? You know what <laughs> I mean?" But right. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't understand. There's this thing called fucking survivor's guilt, and and he blamed himself for what the fuck happened to me. Oh wow! And I was like, "How the fuck does that even?" I didn't. I didn't understand that. But it, it, it was another fucking switch in my in my head, man. Like, oh shit! It made me realize, like, fuck. This whole time, I'm thinking about myself. I'm being selfish. I'm just trying to get out of this fucking wheelchair, trying to get stronger, trying to fucking not depend on nobody. And I felt to realize these other motherfuckers are hurting just as bad as as I am. They're in fucking pain too, you know. And I was like, fuck, dude. And I remember a while back when I was going through my own rehabilitation back in 2011, 2012, mind you, this is already 2014, mm -hmm. the guy sent me a fucking box, right? but I never fucking wanted to acknowledge it or look at it. And then I went back and I, I opened up this box and in the box there was letters and, mm -hmm. then, and in it, there's a fucking American flag. And, and I opened up the, the American flag and it was fucking signatures of all the guys I served with in Afghanistan. You know, and, and it was like, hey, this is for, uh, you know, for Sanchez, who was flown over the AO, the arrows of uh, operation in, in Helmand province um, through this time frame to this time frame. And they had all the fucking guys I served with, with, with motivational quotes of like, hey, fucking keep beasting it, do your thing, get well soon. And I felt to re fucking recognize that, man. So I had pushed that shit away, just like I pushed everyone away i was like fuck mm. community fuck family fuck military fuck the marines and that's where i was and i never fucking acknowledged that box and up until that point and i was like fuck dude you know when i got fucked up in in uh, afghanistan when i stepped on ied that's how i felt like fuck i let these motherfuckers down again man i it's mm. uh, it's so much it's it, mm. yeah dude it's fucking uh it's it's emotional man to fucking feel that shit dude so right. one of the things Jose, one of the things that I used to go through as well is I went through a situation where I felt that guilt as well too, man. And I used to call these guys in the middle of the night. I'd be annihilated. I'd be drunk as shit and I'd call them and I'd be like, hey, man, I'm really sorry and all this. And I saw so I couldn't do more. And, and, and finally, man, it was just like coming to the realization when, you know, you realize in your heart that your boys, they love you no matter what. And and for me, that was the big wake-up call where I finally was just like, you know, people, you know, every, war is fucking hell, man. And when you all can understand that we exist within that collective pain of war 
And we all love each other through the pain and through the anger. And when you can visualize it, when you can see it, and in particular, when you can feel it from one another, man, it's that release that comes over you. Man, it's that peace, right? When did you start feeling that Hmm. peace come over you? Well, it wasn't until when I I saw that flag, I wanted to know that, hey, fuck, it wasn't about me anymore. It was about them. And how can I show my gratitude and, and be and honor them and, and give back what I've taken so much over these years of all that, you know, me pushing everyone away and not acknowledging their, their sacrifices and, and, and their dedication. Like, what, what the fuck am I going to do? So I, I made a choice at that point in time to fly that flag again and to run with that motherfucking flag. And I chose to run the Marine Corps Mar- Marathon in 2015, start to finish with, with that flag in their honor. I, I, I didn't know how to give back to them, but to do that in, in their honor, you know what I mean? And, and I did that. And that shit fucked me up, man. I, you know, like I couldn't stand up more than two, 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 20 seconds, 30 seconds. I couldn't walk more than two feet. I was grinding in the gym, but I, I never fucking ran. I never, I never fucking walked or anything. Right. It was all static weight, but I, I wanted to do this in their honor. So that kind mm-hmm. of my, my, my focus now wasn't with me, but honoring them and, and, and trying to show and share my own story that what was happening to me because I didn't want them to fucking feel that they're long going through this dark and, and, and this child period in their life. Like you could overcome those adversities and shit like that. So it, my focus was on them now. And and I did that. I did the Marine Corps Marathon with uh, doing that shit. Um, that fucking hurt, dude. I, I ran it in some Converse. You know what I mean? Because I believe in Converse all day, every day. You know? <laughs> I love that. I love that you wear yeah. cons, that you ran that in cons, and, man. Uh, yeah, and you know what? It, it, it's it's. I was in a tent. I was like, you know, hit the ground running, and uh, that fucking fucked me up. And I was like a mile twelve, thirteen, and I just wanted to quit because it fucked me up, man. Like me- mentally, yeah, and spiritually, I was driven for them. This was it for them. Yeah, and I, it, it fucking hurt, dude. I, I was in pain. I was in. It was. It was fucking agony and pain for me, dude. It fucking hurt me. And then that's when there was this lady that came up to me and started talking to me. And, and, and she was saying, hey, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And this fucking lady wouldn't leave me alone. Like, she was walking with me. And she's asking me her asking me questions. She's telling, sharing me her, you know, her story and why she's running. And I was like, what the fuck lady? Like, what the fuck do you want? You know what I mean? Like, I want to I quit. You know what I mean? I want to give up. I want to go home. And I just, I mean, like, fuck it. At least I attempted and I tried it. But long story short, we fucking finished it walking. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was fucked mm-hmm. up. But we finished it like in like seven hours. Everybody had gone, everybody laughed, but we fucking finished that, that run. And, uh, and and she was there alongside me. And that's when I started opening up my eyes even more to the community. I was like, fuck community, fuck everyone. Hmm. So now I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, I got to support my military motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and honor them. And now the community member fucking helped me. Like, fuck. You know what I mean? I started believing in the community. So I was like, oh shit, slowly but surely, like everything started falling into place. You know what I mean? Like why? Cause and effect. Reason and why? Like what is this all fucking happening when i was like fuck you fuck you and fuck you i'm just like fuck dude and i felt to realize you're in pain i felt to realize how important the fucking community it is you know what i mean for yeah. for me to to be you know to get through that shit amen so so that's when it started opening my heart my, my my eyes my my heart and my spirit you know what i mean and then that's when my my drive started coming 
two more. So 2015, that's when I started doing social media, doing, showing my fucking, sharing my story, doing this crazy shit. It'd be like overcome your anniversaries through this crazy shit that I do, trying to share and try to motivate and inspire one another. And that's how I kept on going. And I was like, fuck it. You know what I mean? I'm never going to do a fucking marathon again, but I was like, fuck, you know, I got to go to Boston in 2016 and show these mothers like the Boston bombers. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, mother, Famous we're, we're it. Like, we're going to keep on standing the fuck up. We're not going to be deterred. We're not going to be afraid. I'm going to do this for mm-hmm. you all to, to show that unity, to show that we're, we're, we're fucking stronger now than we ever fucking been before. And that's how I started going, you know, for others, for the brothers and sisters that I serve with, for the community members, for the people that were in pain, that I've needed the pain for so long. I wanted to share my pain with others that you know, pain brings us together. Amen. But at the end of the day, we fucking rise from that mm. motherfucker. You know what I mean? So that's how I start playing a part. I love it. Marcus, you, you, you know, when you, when you got out and they started putting you, that book came out and they started putting you on and you started telling the stories to honor our brothers. Did you feel that sense that of the inspiration right off the bat for people too? As he was going along, I was trying to think about my own little, I've never, try to put it into perspective. So I, I'll, I'll try and lay it out right now. My situation is kind of unique because after I got hurt, I got to go back and then kind of got hurt again. But what, what I think a lot of happens to the, a lot of the guys, man, when they get hurt immediately had to get out. Yeah. There's something that happens, right? Because we, I mean, your mind and body was Marine Corps ready. And then those of us who fight in wars, I mean, it's a different kind of mentality altogether. It's ingrained in us. The mind and the body works so well together. And so, I mean, it has to be so tight just in order to survive. So when you get hit, man, your body just just immediately shut down. It's not Marine Corps ready anymore, but your mind is, right? And the body actually needs to go backwards to that place to where those are equal in order to calm down and come off the line and, and originally inevitably become, become a civilian, right? It didn't right. have time to, to mentally and physically do that. The body is an awesome mechanism. And I think what happens is, and I think that's where the anger comes from because it's also your body telling your mind, like, I still want to do this, man. I, yeah. I can do this. Let's do, let's, let's go. Let's get up. Let's move. And then guys who realize that the, their body is it's over uh, capable yeah. of, of a lot more like you did, that anger actually becomes motivation, man. And like, you got the guys who get hurt and have the prosthetics and the, and you, and you kind of are ashamed of that. Look, our people are great. They invented those prosthetics because they're badass, right? And you look fucking cool. If they if they wanted to make fun of us, they wouldn't invent that stuff. They leave us jacked up. You know what I'm talking about? And it, it's, it's one of them deals where it's called, you know, like the hit, the hurt, and help, right? You take yeah. the hit, man. After that, you're going through the hurt. Your body trying to realign with your mind. And then once you figure out that by taking the pain for those who can't, man, that's the help. That That's a reward yes. in itself. And that is a job. It's actually like being back in the military. It, it's it's a routine because you have to go through a routine every yeah. single day Fuck to yeah. do it. You know what I mean? And it's mm. like if I know you're out there and you're taking pain, I'll take it with you. Matter of fact, I'll take it for you. And for those of my buddies that died up on the mountain and that honor that is bestowed upon them, man, I'm gonna keep taking the pain so I can be with them. I can be a part of them at all Amen. times. And and it it's not yeah. anger anymore, man. It's a it becomes a calm, like a complete peace. And because I got hurt, and then. My teammates were all I ever had. A lot of people, when they come in the military, they have special skills, right? And the training they get in the military just adds to that. I didn't have any of that crap. Every little piece of me is exactly the training I got and, and, and what was given to me by our people. And you, like when you get hit, like, how did you react? What goes down? What do you guys like? Exactly like I'm trained. I, I, yeah. I, I, exactly like I trained. And it's that, that capability that we have that, that can pull that body out of a, a, an injury that that people who haven't gone through it can't relate to. 
And then alienating us from our, our brothers is the hardest damn thing in the world, man, because they're the ones that understand that pain because we wear that forever uniform, right? Even the guys that came yeah. before us that we stepped into it, man, they got those stories. That's why it's so incumbent upon us to keep them around and talk to them, to let them know that it's okay if you get hit. Hell, you're a war fighter, man. Those scars are awesome. You need to show them off. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> it's like what, what, look at what this dude can take. I mean, when you walk into a room, and everybody asks about, I mean, do they really, they, they want to hear about those scars, man. They want to hear that story. I mean, it's just one of them deals. We have an opportunity because we stand the line to live in a world that, that no one else does, man. And when you get hit and that, that depression and that anger and that darkness, that's because you were touched by death, but he didn't take you. That, I call it death's cologne, death's cologne, man. Like a lot of the gunfights that we get into, it's just kind of like the rounds going down range. And then there's the noise. But if there's, there's not usually the fire, but if everything's on fire, your ears are ringing, you've been shot, something's missing, and the dust is flying, people screaming, that means death standing there. He's there. That's his cologne, man. That's his presence. And he's looking to see which one of you are gonna, aren't going to last. He, it's kind of funny with death, man, because he gives you a choice. He's like, I'm here. Which one of you is going to keep standing up? And those guys who keep getting up and keep pushing, man, a lot of times we still get touched by death. And that, and, and when we when we get hurt, we're laying there in our mind. It just eats in there and eats in there. And it becomes it becomes darkness, right? And it's just it's that slowly it eats away at you until you fill up with it, and then it comes out in anger towards our family and the ones we love. That's that's the darkness going and yelling at yeah. the people that you love because of something you're going through, which is horseshit. It's actually death inside of you, and that depression, that deep rest that your body's in, man, once you shake that out and you realize your body can take anything, it's literally the machine that carries your damn brain and your soul, right? It's pumped by your heart. <laughs> it can take anything, <laughs> and if it does get Amen. removed, we'll put something Amen. on you that looks so damn cool, you can outdo most Navy SEALs. I mean, I, you know, I, I, at no point in time, man, I... I've never been, I've never suffered in my head mentally because in yeah. order to beat me, you got to beat everybody around me, our people. They gave me everything I ever had. In order to beat them, you got to come through me. And if that's the case, you're going to have to kill me. And if I'm dead, I'm not going to know about it anyways. I was designed to take pain. My joy and my honor come from take, for taking pain and bleeding for our people. My greatest honor is when I die, I get to be buried in Texas National Cemetery. You know how cool that is to me? <laughs> <laughs> it's those man it's just like when it comes time to the dudes who need to get hit for us that's us that's what we do we take the pain it's our fuel it's our happiness it's chaos it's, <laughs> yeah. it's our utter ability to try and control it and and once you absolutely know that you're anybody and everybody is capable of something in every realm it opens up a world that becomes <clears throat> supernatural i mean i Amen. I can't even begin to express how much I, I love our people and what they've done for me, man. I, I, it has just been a damn honor to, to walk among them and, and talk to you. I mean, I look at you, you're a freaking warrior, man, and never think otherwise. All that anchor and, and all that stuff that you had to go through, savor that. Chew on it, man. Let it fester in you sometimes. What gets you up in the morning out of bed, to, and then when you look at yourself, you're like, you didn't get me. You can't keep me down. And to serve in that. Man, man. dude, to live God in that bless. world, that's, that's forever. Jose, yeah. one thing that I love that keeps coming back around and that we talk about all the time on this show is the presence of pain and the power of pain and how to utilize the positive application of pain in our lives to serve others. So can you describe 
what you, why every day you wake up and do the things you do to inspire. Like one of my favorite videos you have out there is when you're doing flipping that tire with that young boy who's got his prosthetic oh, man, on. Badass, man, dude. Good job. Talk about <laughs> serving through pain, if you could, and what, why you're so charged and what, what your mission is now with it. So for so long, you, you, you know, we, we talked about the story, my story. I was, I was driven by pain and anger for so many years, and it started transforming into something different. It started evolving. We, we, we continuously progress as, as people, and, and, and we, we uh, change daily. And uh, what, what I've learned is like understanding the mind, body, and spirit. Hey, when, my mind was fu- when my mind was fucked up, the only thing that propelled me forward was being physically fit. That's why I, I, I knew how to do and what to do. While my mind was in pieces, you know, being physically fit kept me living while I put these pieces together. And having that spirit of, you know, doing for others kept me going. So I, I, I understood another source of fuel to fuel my drive was physical, mm-hmm. spiritual. The mind still was, was incomplete. But, you know, I was coming through these days where – I'm doing all this stuff, but I still felt like there was something missing in my life. There's still like my heart wasn't complete. I I didn't know what, but I still felt like there's a piece missing. Perfect. Until I, I yeah, I until I, I I I got a phone call or I got a, a message from this gentleman wanting to get back into physical fitness, wanting to get back on the grind, and I was like, well, cool, man, meet me over here. We, we well, I'll, I'll get you going. Um, I, I didn't know at the time, but he was just wanting to get back into shape. He wanted to do whatever he could. And I knew from talking to him mentally, spiritually, and physically, he wasn't fit. He wasn't there. But there's somewhere in his mind he wanted to do and get on that ball. And he was willing to do whatever it, 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 whatever it took. And saying that, I was at this gym. It is like 150 fucking dollars or some shit. And I was like, what he wanted to pay for that membership just to be there. And he knew that it was going to fucking burn him and his family. He didn't have the fucking money to do that shit, but he wanted change so much. He was so desperate. He wanted change. He was willing to sacrifice what he had just to, to make a, a change in his own life. Right. And at that yeah. point in time, I was like, Oh shit, dude. Like I had to do something. I had to step up. I had to do something that I've never done before. And that's like, I need to do something for him, for people like that. And that's when I started doing this. I had this vision, like I'm going to help people one-on-one through my own fitness. You know, I didn't have fucking money. I have no fucking equipment. And I was like, fuck no, I don't want, I don't need you to be in that fucking predicament having to pay so much money and putting your family in jeopardy. You know what I mean? And, And it taxing yourself. I was like, fuck, I had this vision. I was like, fuck it. I have to do something. And I had, all I had was a fucking jump rope, a sledgehammer, and the motherfucking American flag. I was like, I'm going to start fucking raw fitness. I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do it, but fuck it. I'm going to go to a fucking park, and we're going to start this fitness fucking routine deal. And and it was a, a, a vision. So we went out there. This is to, Rise to Above Hardship, correct? We're yes, sir. about Rise yeah. Above Hardship, R-A-H, raw, raw fitness. Raw. Yes, sir. Rise mm-hmm. Above Hardship. So at the time, it was just a, a thing for me to help this one individual Hey, let's go to a park. You don't have to fucking pay anything. I don't have a lot of equipment, but we'll go to a park and we'll get you fucking, we'll get you battle ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll condition you, first of all, and then implement my mind, that spirit into him, what I've learned. Right. And we started doing that. 
And I had another veteran that was like, hey, dude, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but can you come and help me? And we were there. We were grinding. The first day, it was just me and him and, and Ramirez. That was his name. And I, I learned he was a veteran. I was like, oh, shit. That was crazy. So he was a veteran. He was, go- he was going out there. We started grinding slowly but surely. We had, we had one person show up. You know, the next day, we had two, then three, then four. And then the couple of weeks, we had fucking like 20, up to 30 motherfuckers no going out there. Wow. And then we're, we're generating little donations and then with the donations we i turned around and got fucking equipment and doing that i don't know what the fuck i was doing but i just wanted to help that one person and it grew out to 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 helping other people helping first responders and helping the community um and using fitness as a platform to bring veterans and first responders and community together remember how i said i was like fuck community like hey it was important for community yeah. to come together and veterans to come with that community to rely on each other to work as a fucking team, that cohesiveness and that unity. At that point in time, I didn't know what the fuck was happening, but it started molding and it started creating itself. Nice. And then in that turn, with everything that I've I've encountered, the people that I was like, hey, like that lady that helped me in Marine Corps Marathon, she knew somebody that was helping us to get a nonprofit going. At the same time, so everything fell into place. And what I learned with that is the heart. Amen. Is, is letting love in and allowing love mm, out. Yeah. So what I nice. So the the final piece that I was missing was helping others, man. Helping others heals the heart. And, yes. and that's when everything is fucking equaled out, man. All Peace. that that hate, all that that anger was equaled out with all that love and that joy. Amen. So I'm in like, I have a perfect circle now, if that makes sense. It makes and what's total my- sense. I love it, dude. The fact that yeah. you just said love, bro. That is awesome. Yeah. And it ain't, a, it ain't, a, it isn't a, a weak love at all. Is it? It's the hardest badass no. love you've ever felt. Exactly. Like I, I, I didn't, I didn't understand it until I actually felt it. You know what I mean? And doing this, mm-hmm. like, before I would do things, I'll be so frustrated going to the gym, doing this fucking, I was driven by anger, but doing what I do now keeps me calm, keeps me like at peace. Cause I know what I'm doing. That's my motivation now. Amen. Like I wake up, why do I get up? It's not cause of me. It's, it's not for me. It's for others. It's for others to help them overcome their own adversities, help them empower them to um, over overcome the challenges that they're facing instill that mind, body and spirit concept. And now I believe in the mind, the body and spirit. And with that, the heart concept, and that fulfills a person that's fulfilled me. It's, it's taken years to understand that, but I've learned through my own trials and tribulations that this is an actual thing. This heals man. And it heals the fucking heart. And that's where I'm at today. So my motivation is for others, helping them day in and day out. And that's my fucking drive. And that's what keeps me fucking going. I dig that. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it gets to the that's point good. after a while when you, like, when you step back into the grind and when helping out our people and the people around us, man, you, you start to, to see that each one of us truly are unique, right? Every Amen. person is unique. If it's unique, it's precious to us. And that's what, you know, I kind of learned, man, and everybody is unique and things that are unique are precious to me. And it's kind of a gift. And life is the way to unwrap it throughout throughout time, man. Those situations you get in with people, you, and it can be good and bad. No, everyone thinks it's something good positive learned in life is always has to be a, a happy moment or something like that. It's not. Wow. Those of us who've learned the most are the ones who've been in the ditch. You know, it had a crawl yeah. out of that son of a bitch. <laughs> Amen, you see these things man. from the tires up, right? Yep. And uh, it it is. There, there's 
There's things and it's about through that ditch that you find purpose. It's right. through that pain that you discover the, the the beautiful aspect of what you're talking about, Jose, which is love. Right. And to show other people love by saying, hey, go jump in that ditch of pain. Go start sweating. Go start bleeding and come out of the ditch. And then you start serving other people. That's the yeah, glorious I think by, thing. By, by design, I, I, you know, as, as we go along and you, and you, and you figure that out, it's you covet what you've worked hardest for. When people come in, you're like, hey, you need to earn this. Actually, the, the love and respect shouldn't be that way, right? Everything else should, you need to earn it. But this one, man, you're going to get this for free. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to respect you. I ain't going to just you know, take it from there, but at least open up with that, no matter how bad of a day got, because you have no idea who you're going to be standing across at any given time, right? And what they're going <laughs> and, through. Yeah, what right? they're going through and, and what they can take and what they can teach you. And, um, you know, if you, if you kind of come at it like that, like every time you meet somebody, just try and learn something from them, take something from them. That's, that's unique about them Serve instead them. of, yeah, you know, so I take it for yourself. Yeah. Amen. Well, Jose, listen, before, before we wrap it up here, I got two more things. The first is what would you say? Cause we always ask our guests to, to really uh, to, to take their core ideas, their core lessons, and try and summarize them in, in some takeaway for our listeners. Because there's, there's somebody that's going to listen to this show that follows you or, or that has never heard you, never seen you. They're going to hear your passion. They're going to hear you. They're going to relate to that anger, to that pain, and also hopefully relate to that love and the component of servitude. What would you tell them that can get them off the couch, that can get them back, battle ready, back in the fight? What are some ideas? You know, <clears throat> what would I do to motivate a motherfucker? You know what I mean? What would I do? You know, me personally, I lead by example, yeah? Hey, mm -hmm. if I could fucking do it, I'm missing a fucking leg. My other leg is fucked up. You know what I mean? You could definitely do it. How do you get out of there? You know, find a fucking purpose use that anger use that anger to propel you forward you know what i mean use whatever you need to use to get you get get you out of that fucking couch yeah yeah to get you get you going get you motivated you know what i mean it's it's a cause and effect a reason of why what's your why what's your what's your reason what what why do you keep on fighting why do you keep persisting why do you why you are you relentless are you are you comfortable of being there of of not doing anything or are, are you happy where you at like what's what is it going to take you to get off and start fighting again like what is it you know what i mean it's something you're going to have to dig deep in into yourself and and tell yourself like Hey, man, we're a fucking fighting. We're all fighting. We all fight. We fight day in and day out. You're not the only one fighting. I'm here fighting day in and day out. We have brothers and sisters fighting day in and day out, and we're all fighting together as one. Amen. You know what I mean? So it's just like that. Hey, how, how are you, your brothers going to go out there and fight? You're not going to fight alongside of them. You know what I mean? We're all in this fight together. So let's all stand up and fucking fight together raw. I love it, Ra. That's Semper Fi shit yeah. right there, you baby. You think life's entertaining <laughs> by yourself, man. Awesome. Make up with somebody. Exactly. All right, Jose. You know, where where can people follow you? Where can they find you? How can they support you? What What's going on? What's coming up for you in your life? Anything exciting happening? So, uh, yeah. So, we have, we're, we're, we're an official 501c3, Rises Above Hardship. Uh, we're coming coming on a year. We've done numerous numerous events. Um, next next month, May nineteenth, we're going to be in Burnett, Texas. We're going to be doing Spartan um, Super. We got about thirty Raleigh's going and doing that. Um, and then uh, our our next biggest event is we're going to be going 
well, we're, we're trying to go out to Washington, D.C. We have the bibs. We're going to run the Marine Corps Marathon. We have six veterans and six community athletes. I am going to attempt to push um, a, a challenged athlete that has a neurological condition, mitochondrial disease on a, on a chariot, on a, on a fucking like it's like a like a chair from start to finish. Uh, it's never been done by amputee before. Wow. And this this person is is that person that helped me through my 2015 Marine Corps Marathon to help me finish that race. And that's her son. Wow. So fucking full circle. And I'm going to do this. You help me when I I need help in my time in need. I'm going to help your son to fulfill that 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 fucking that journey. And we're going to be out there. So that's going to be our biggest thing right now is, is the Washington, uh, Marine Corps Marathon in uh, Washington, D.C. Is there a um, website we, people can donate and support to you and all that? We have uh, a Facebook. Uh, it's at Rise Above Hardship Facebook. Okay. And uh, Rise Above Hardship at uh, Instagram. We don't, we're working on our, on our webpage, but we have a donation button on there um, uh, that it's, a, it's a, through a PayPal and we're, we're, we're actually getting uh, donations and stuff like that. Cause, uh, you know, we're a hundred percent, hundred percent proceeds go into our program and everybody that, that, that works for rise above hardship is volunteer yeah, purposes. Awesome. And what we get out of that is just that fucking peace of mind, man. You know what I mean? That helping others heals mm. the heart. Amen. That's what we do. man. And, um, and what's your, what's your Instagram page? Because that's, I got to tell you, brother, out of the people I follow on Instagram, you're definitely one of my top favorites. I love seeing your stuff when you post it. It just uh, it's so motivating to me, brother, on every level, not just the fitness, but the body, the mind, and the spirit. So I really appreciate. It. What's your Instagram page? It's uh, JLS one four three underscore. Awesome, awesome. Well, cool, Jose. Uh, we can't thank you enough, man. You are yeah, a true inspiration and you are, you possess that, you live it. And we're just, uh, we're so proud of who you are and to have you on the show. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you all and what you all do. And at the end of the day, man, together we rise. We rise. God bless you. Take care, bud. Yes, sir. Brother, have you ever heard, seriously, someone get that raw about how dark that anger gets, man? That was good. Right? Kind of one of them deals where <clears throat> it's the elephant in the room. We all know it's there. It exists. We we talk over it or under it. Good on you, man. That, right? that was hardcore. I yeah, mean, I, awesome. I, I know for years, dude. Like I, he When he told that story about getting out wanting to beat that dude, dude, I, that happened to me like weekly. Man, down in <laughs> South Florida, are you kidding me? There was one yeah. time, here's, I'll tell you, one, yeah. I was coming out of my neighborhood, a car went like 100 miles an hour down this Palmetto Park Boulevard, I got in behind, chased him in my truck all the way, and he'd stopped by a bridge that went over the intercoastal, it was up, I got out, I went over, I'm, I'm banging on his window, I'm like, you mother, you know, I'm screaming at him, I'm in his face, Next thing I know, he's he's just like, okay, okay. I, I get out or whatever. He takes off, turns around. Then all of a sudden, I come out. I look over. He's 
shirt off. He wants to fight me. I'm like, awesome. So I get out of the car <laughs> and I'm going up and he's giving me all this, you know, dance stuff as they do like, oh, I fight Muay Thai or whatever. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm like, me too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Just I'm, yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying Ooh. to, and all of a sudden, like I'm, I'm closing in, I'm, I'm pushing him against this car. I'm closing in and I look over and there are, you know, 35 cars stopped for the bridge all windows down, phones out, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing, dude? What the hell? Am, what, what is my problem? So to hear yeah. him talk about it, think about how many guys out there or people that are suffering, that are in that darkest and in that anger, that are going to hear Jose talk about it, that will finally begin to be able to recognize they're not alone. Sure. Maybe that's on us, too, I guess, because the hurt is a real thing. I guess we never talk about it because life is chaos and pain, but that's there's a difference, right? Yes. Chaos and pain that we live in and we thrive in is not the hurt. That's the problem. It's it, it's when you get removed from the chaos and pain when it sets in. So if you're going through that stage, if you're in that part of it now, you know he brought he gave great insight into it and how you can get out of it. He totally did right by serving through the pain. I mean, do that the, was do the thing. same thing you were doing when you got hurt, when you got hurt. Serving, right? right. You're serving all, everybody. We were staying on the line for everybody else. It was our commitment, and we've been trained into that. I mean, diagnosed into it, relegated into it, right? And war just, that's, that's that laminate sticks to us. Totally. And that um, attitude, the culture of it, yeah, yeah, right? It's by design. Yeah. And then when you look at the same man, when you guys get hurt and their, their body's not warfighter ready, but their mind still is, that's where, and it can't keep us like, mind's like, hey, let's go. What are you doing, man? And there's nothing down there. That was there. a great point you made. I yeah. thought, by it the way, awesome. when, it, when it, you came Eventually, up with that, it's, yeah. you know, it's kind of like that said, it's death's touch, man. It just eats you up, right? It gets inside because you can't, you're not capable of what your mind knows you are. Hey, is there a possibility that we could turn, we could make a cologne called Death's Cologne? Reaper cologne and sell it on the website, please. Death touch cologne. Death touch cologne. Do you, what do you think, bud? The, the dim mock, right? The dim mock. You can have different scents. <laughs> one, one, is, one is like uh, smoked almonds. It's like rising. Here's New Moon grass. Here's fresh cut hay. Here's VX gas. Peanut butter. Smells like peanut butter. It's got to be good for you. Have you tried the new mustard gas? Oh, God. That's the. That's the. The lotion, hand <laughs> <laughs> cream, hand cream, severely chapped hands. Oh, oh Jesus! Well, listen. If if this is your first time listening to the TNQ podcast, welcome aboard. We are so stoked that you're here. Thank you. You just heard a doozy. And and listen, if 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 you if you're a little once again, I'm just following up with our disclaimer. If if the swearing got to you a little bit, we apologize for that. But we were just talking raw. Raw Jose is is who he is. He's we love that about him. Uh, hopefully, you can come to understand and realize we're we're not trying to offend you. We're not. What we just want is for you to hear the genuine nature of our guests and where they're coming from and how they speak and to talk the truth. 
And I know that's what I heard from Jose was the truth. That and if we cut out all the swearing, the show would only be 20 minutes long. So. <laughs> but if it gets to you, you really that want bad, the brass tacks on uh, that. Just just think of some educated word to throw in. in, in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, replay. Re, replace <laughs> the dub and dub and What the fuck, <laughs> 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 yeah. Awesome. If you're, if you're a return offender, God bless you. We love you. Thank what are you, what are you, you doing? so much, yeah. man. Thank you so much you. for coming to show. Wizard, when are we coming in on terms of downloads? Are we? Uh, we're coming up on, on 5 million. Oh, bless your heart, dude. Bless all your hearts that are listening. And also, please, if you could, send in your listener stories. We want to hear your greatest never quit story. We got one coming up here in a second. But send in, even if you don't have one, send in one about your brother, your cousin, your uncle, your sister, your mom. We want to hear these stories. We want to post them on the site. And if they're good, we're going to read them on the show. If they're great, Marcus, bring you on. you're going to come on as a TNQ podcast guest a uh, listener and tell your story, man. We love them. Also, we want to talk about social media. Please follow us on Instagram at TNQ Podcast. That's at TNQ Podcast. You can even follow the wizard now at the underscore wizard underscore TNQ. Of course, there's 40 million gazillion people following Marcus, which is at Marcus Luttrell, and mine is at Team Frog Logics. Follow us there. And if you want to listen to the show, you can listen to us everywhere, man. On any Android podcast app that's out there for all you Android weirdos. That wasn't nice to say. Was I'm pointing that directly at you, wizard? By He's the way, a mactard. What are you yeah, gonna do? Ah, stop. <laughs> and then you, you know, you can obviously go to iTunes. Go to the search. Type in team. That's all you got to type in. We're the first one that pots in. Team Never Quit Podcast. Hit subscribe, and then you can have us morning, noon, and night. Literally, we will be in your heads at the drop, the, the touch of a button, Marcus. What do you think about that? Very thought. Driving into work. After work, uh, while you're working out, while you're drinking your cup of joe, while you're taking a crap, it doesn't matter. You can have us in your heads 24-7. And you can Magic all- of the 21st century. Right, right? isn't it? It's it all is. that news whiz banging. What was that stuff. one guy wrote in? He's like, man, it's just disgustingly motivating. How do you say it? <laughs> Remember that guy? Remember that? Grot- like grotesquely motivated. Grotesquely motivated. You can also listen directly on the website too at tnqpodcast.com. All right. Listener story. Let's this, do it. This is another doozy, bud. I appreciate this. All right. Here we go. Listener story. This is from Tori. As my favorite author. Ernest Hemingway. What great start, right? We've never had anybody start yeah, out right. like that. He is good, man. I mean, it's all you could just say. You could just say. Didn't Ernest Hemingway once say, "And you're already cool," right from that? <laughs> exactly. All right. As my favorite author, Ernest Hemingway once said. As my favorite actor once said, Jack Nicholson. Is those, that your favorite? Those talking metaphors can shampoo my crotch. <laughs> You remember that line? No. What is that from? It's from uh, Bucket uh, List, right? When he's in, he's yes. laying there and Morgan Freeman <laughs> blows out a line on him. A line on him. He's like, those who, sh- those who speak in metaphors can shampoo my crotch. I have been waiting to use that line forever. Because I, I, you know, we know who we have to, we see and we hang around these days, man. They're those smart laureates that throw out those, 
Those high end Shakespearean. Oh. Uh, I mean, man, and and the immortal words of Jack the, Nicholson. Yeah, the immortal words <laughs> Jack Nicholson used to say. But uh, I, I was always mesmerized by those guys who can quote oh. quote those Shakespearean and or, sonnets, sonnets or whatever, or the haiku Bible forever. And, and you know what that comes with for those for those of you out there who can't get it right away like I can. It comes with time and experience and life and the situations mm. that you get in around the people that you're in. You'll have somebody quote one of those. That's how you remember it because somebody else used it so much. Yeah, and the teams were notorious for that. So. Uh, especially with the Bible verses from John, yeah. Uh, yeah, Revelations, the, the Proverbs yeah, is exactly. a big one, man. And it's a, uh, it's cool, man. It, it, when someone throws one of those out, it jerks you right back to where uh, a certain moment. Those guys totally. knew what they were doing when they wrote it, and Hemingway especially. Oh, he's in, uh, unbelievable. He's my favorite. One of my favorite books all time, man. You know, is is. Uh, <laughs> dude, dude, dude. Oh, and he just, just ran out of talent. Okay. <laughs> He's just talking about running out, out of talent. talent at the right moment. Oh my god. Old man in the sea, you assholes. <laughs> I have them all downstairs if you want to go back over. <laughs> Paul, I just ran out of talent on that one, yeah. bud. All right, let me read this thing. As my favorite author, Ernest Hemingway, once said, write hard and clear about what hurts. So, this is what I'm going to do for the first time. I'm going to sit behind my typewriter and bleed, as he put it. I'm not a very open person, so bear with me on this. I've only told a handful of people about this, but I hope it reaches someone who needs to hear it. I was a sergeant in the United States Marine Corps, and I loved it. I felt invincible and alive. I was good at what I did and enjoyed my time while I was in. I had the best and worst times with some of the best people I've ever met. In 2014, I was honorably discharged and sent back on my way into the real world, just as many do. I directly went from being hard-charging enlisted Marine to being a full-time college student at a private university. I went from professionally swearing, yelling, and drinking to sitting in the back of a classroom amongst people in which I could not relate to. Now, let me mention that I did not do all of the high-speed, low-drag things that many of my friends or many other people have done while being in the military. I do not suffer from PTSD, nor do I have any job-related injuries. I was in Afghanistan, but only went outside the wire a few times. The issue that affected me in my life has to do with my newfound identity crisis that I found myself going through at 24 years old. Being a part of a warrior culture in which is so vastly different from the culture of the generation that I regretfully belong to is where my story truly belongs. In the beginning of 2016, I found myself becoming a different person. I had stopped going to the gym, stopped going to school, and stopped being myself. I was pushing my husband, family, and friends away without even knowing it. The person that I was becoming was someone I could not even recognize nor wanted to. I was drinking more than I ever had before and became the heaviest I have ever been. I had done a complete 360 and could not stop myself. I had lost my sense of purpose, my sense of drive, and ultimately I was losing myself. I have always been a mentally tough person and unconsciously, and unconsciously hard-headed. 
I say unconsciously because I don't do it on purpose for kicks. I find myself in trying situations and I have to learn the hard way in order to thrive afterwards. I love and hate that about myself, but it keeps me humble and cogent. The identity crisis I was suffering from at such a young age was holding me back. It was altering my life to such a point that I was becoming mentally weaker. I was no longer that person that is home on leave and your parents point to with pride. I was no longer someone's sergeant. I was no longer someone making the, some type of difference. I was just me. Just me in a world that I did not understand. And ultimately, it did not understand me. I couldn't really relate to my new girlfriends, and my old friends were slowly disappearing. I was ashamed of myself and hid from everyone. This is when my story takes a turn. I will never forget when I tried to end my life. It would forever be with me. I had to get so drunk to work up the courage to do something that I was too scared to do sober. An act that didn't take courage at all. When I close my eyes to think about it, I can see myself in third person. I see my mom downstairs because she was visiting for the weekend. I see my husband in the other room watching TV and laughing. I see myself on the floor of our bedroom with my hand over my mouth to quiet the sound of me sobbing. I didn't want anyone to come in and stop me from making a choice I was set out to do. I feel the pain that I felt as I was curled in a ball. I felt that I was a loser for not having an identity, and I thought that was worth anything anymore. That I was not the person I wanted to be and wanted to stop feeling so weak. I was embarrassed of who I was now and that I was at my rock bottom. I had the gun to my head. I remember thinking that I had finally worked up the courage to just disappear. Right before my mom and husband walked in, I thought of a Medal of Honor recipient and his book that I had recently read. He mentioned about the time that he was in his truck and was going to attempt to kill himself. I thought about how much he had been through and his pain. I thought of him stopping and not going through with it. This is where my hard-headedness saved me. I thought about if he went through all of that and didn't do it, then surely I can get over this. I can pull myself out of this low part of my life and continue on. My sense of motivation is taken from hearing stories about people who have had all the wrong cards dealt and somehow make it through it. If that person can do it, so can I. My dad has always told me this since I was a little girl. Don't cry. Do something about it. I lost who I was and ignored that saying for the first time in my life. I let my mind trick myself into becoming someone in which I was not proud of. Since then, I'm almost 27 years old and feel like I've got my life back on track. We all have a chapter of our lives that we don't read out loud. But I hope if yours is similar to mine, you have hope that there is in fact a light at the end of the tunnel. It's difficult for me to think that I am telling something so secret about myself to the world. But after listening to this podcast, I knew there were others out there like me. 
I've graduated from college and I'm about to begin my professional career. Since then, I've noticed more things about life that I was too stubborn or angry to see before. I love deeper and let more people in. I feel alive in the outdoors and picked up a woodworking hobby, as odd as that may sound. My never quit moments stem from others not quitting when they very well could have. I think of Marcus while I'm at the gym and want to quit. My husband had always been my better half to get me through difficult situations and I cannot thank him enough for listening to me and recognizing when I was hurting. I wanted to share this because I think there is a major correlation with veteran suicide and the sense of loss of identity. We are our own keepers and need to be accountable to each other. I wanted others to know that they are not in it alone in feeling this way and that they too can continue to live a happy and healthy life. We have to find that ultimate gut check epitome in our lives to remember that we are lucky to have 24 hours a day to be with the people we love most. Marcus, you always say you used to wonder if warriors are born or if they're made. I agree, they're born. And when life throws you a hardball, that's when you're forged. That is how things become better and harder by being under pressure and showing what you're made of. I came into this world as a warrior and I will leave it as a warrior. Tori, thank you so much for writing in and sharing this experience with our listeners. And I hope everybody out there who hears this story, who's in that dark space, who's in the blackness that Jose talked about, who's struggling with this challenge, recognizes that through a collective team effort, through being next to other people that love you and care for you, you can find the light. I promise you. That's how it worked for me. That's how it it works for everybody I know that's gone through it. I just want to thank God and Christ for everything you've done for me in my life. I want to thank my girls. I want to thank Sunshine in my life. I want to thank my family. I want to thank all of our listeners. I want to thank Jose, man. You are awesome. I want to thank Tori. Mm. I want to thank you too. Wizard, Marcus, thank you, man, for giving me the inspiration to come into this studio and do this show day in and day out so that we can help people around the world. Yeah, Thank buddy. You. Absolutely. Tori, good job. You kind of ran through the gamut of almost everything. It's, it's, it's one of those situations when you, that warrior spirit that you have is some kind, sometimes you, you think you got to put it away because of the environment that you're in, but all you have to do is just um, it, shift, adapt, and overcome, right? You, it's like you're undercover or something. Uh, you, know, you know, my mind works. Hey, you're on a mission the whole time, start to finish. And at the end of the day, man, when you step back and the kids are in bed, the husband's happy and everything is like mission accomplished. Can't wait to see what tomorrow brings, right? Wake Amen. up in the morning and see what the plan of the day is and operate like you would. You're going to hit obstacles. You're going to, I mean, you're not going to win every battle, but it never, you're, you never stop being a warrior if you have your ass whipped or if you, if you get through it. So keep, keep pushing forward. And, um, yeah, Jose, man, good job. I don't, I don't even have anything else to say about that. You got to spit <laughs> right? it all out. So thanks to everybody for keep uh, y'all keep listening and keep bringing us back. That's really something, man. We love y'all for that. Thank you. I'm out. Out.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.